Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the FSLSO Palmcast. I'm your host, Jordan Morrow, and we are so excited today to be joined by the Insurance Consumer Advocate of Florida, Tasha Carter. Tasha, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We've been looking forward to this for a few weeks. We've been scheduling and getting everything ready. And, uh, you know, we're, we're doing this over Microsoft Teams. We appreciate y'all being so flexible and willing to adapt to this ever-changing world and environment that we're all a part of now with COVID and everything else going on in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I, I am excited as well, and I'm looking forward to having a great interview today. Well, first things first, can you just start off by telling me a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I have served as a public servant uh, and worked within the insurance industry for nearly 18 years. And I recently celebrated my one-year anniversary as Florida's insurance consumer advocate. I was appointed by Chief Financial Officer Jimmy Patronis last August. And prior to my appointment, for approximately nine years, I served as the director of the Division of Consumer Services within the Florida Department of Financial Services. And in that position, one of my primary responsibilities was to oversee the state's toll-free insurance consumer helpline. And that gave me a unique opportunity to personally engage and assist insurance consumers with any type of insurance issues or complaints that they were experiencing. And so that really helped to provide the foundation that I need in order to be able to successfully transition to the insurance consumer advocate role. Prior to my work in the Division of Consumer Services, I also worked in the Division of Workers' Compensation within the department as well. And in that role, I had the responsibility of ensuring that employers had the proper workers' compensation coverage and they were compliant with the workers' compensation laws. And then before my work in the insurance industry, I also worked in the Department of Children and Families and in the Department of Juvenile Justice, working with youths and youth advocacy groups in those various roles. So as you can see, uh, throughout my entire career, I've been an advocate and um, I am so excited and so privileged and honored to serve as Florida's insurance consumer advocate. And I am absolutely looking forward to continuing my advocacy work uh, on behalf of insurance consumers in our state. Well, you took the words right out of my mouth because that's what I was going to say. It sounds like you have a, a long and extensive career of, of working and advocating on behalf of Floridians and all kinds of departments and facets. So and I'd also like to congratulate you on your work anniversary. That is so wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you so much, Jordan. And for those of our listeners that may be unfamiliar, tell us about some of the functions that you perform as Florida's insurance consumer advocate. Well, as the insurance consumer advocate, I like to describe my role as the voice for Florida's insurance consumers. Um, I represent and advocate for consumers on all things insurance. Generally speaking, that advocacy includes assisting consumers directly by providing guidance, answering questions, sharing feedback, and contacting the insurance company on their behalf in order to assist them in resolving their insurance issue and, and helping to bring their claim to a satisfactory resolution. From a larger perspective, my priorities include making and or creating legislation to improve the overall consumer claims experience, proposing legislation that will incorporate some additional consumer protections for insurance consumers in our state, educating and informing consumers through targeted education initiatives like uh, plan, prepare and protect, and more importantly, representing consumers at insurance rate hearings to ensure that rates are fair and justified and appropriate. Additionally, I seek public input and uh, develop proposed legislation that protects and serves the interest of insurance consumers. And so my role is to truly actively engage with Floridians, policyholders, 
insurance industry stakeholders to find consumer-focused solutions related to any insurance issue that may be impacting consumers directly or may be impacting our state overall. And so I feel that it's my priority to ensure that I'm the voice for consumers and make sure that I represent their interest in as many venues as possible. Well, it absolutely sounds like you and your team have a ton of initiative and projects going on that you're very excited about. And one that I heard you briefly mention was called Plan, Prepare, and Protect. And this is a a relatively new program that you recently released related to disaster preparedness. Can you tell me a little bit more about this initiative and the impact it's going to have? Absolutely. I am very excited about this initiative. Um, It's Plan, Prepare, Protect. Are you disaster ready? And as Floridians, we know that disasters are inevitable and tropical storms and hurricanes are an inescapable part of life in Florida. And so through this initiative, my goal is to empower consumers to take steps to ensure that they are prepared to withstand the storm and recover as soon as possible. And through this initiative, I provide some actionable steps to equip consumers where the impact of the storm can have on them and their family and their property. Um, And basically, the initiative kind of serves as a preparedness portal for tips, statistics, pertinent information and updates and resources, all designed to help consumers successfully weather the storm. Well, that sounds like it will be so useful for Floridians, because as you did mention, we are no stranger to things like hurricanes and storms and the like. What made you notice the need for this kind of initiative? Well, you know, as I mentioned, hurricanes are amongst the most powerful natural disasters that impact our state. And living with hurricanes is a fact of life uh, for millions of Floridians. And just to give you a, a very good recent example, um, Hurricane Michael caused approximately $25 billion in damages. And as a result, nearly 150,000 property insurance claims were filed. That resulted in an estimated $7.8 billion in insured losses. And so to me, it is important that we learn from the past and simply taking a few steps to plan and prepare before a disaster hits allows Floridians to better protect themselves and their property. And so I put together this initiative to provide consumers with those tips and with those steps that they can take so that they are more educated, they're more informed, and they can be in a better position to successfully recover uh, from the storm if it does impact them during a hurricane season. That's a great outlook. And I think that you brought up a good point is that even though many people are familiar with the preparedness steps and what they should do or what they ought not to do, we can always improve, we can always do better, and there's always ways to continue our improvement. And in that same vein, there are many things that we should do when it comes to preparing for a hurricane and getting ready for the hurricane season. But in your experience, what are some of the most overlooked steps in preparedness that Floridians need to remember during hurricane season? Oh, well, that's a great question, Jordan. There are some very simple things that consumers can do that can absolutely help them to be better prepared to weather the storm. The first thing is to simply complete a home inventory. Um, Consumers should complete a home inventory to document their contents and their personal items in the event that they need to provide documentation during the claims process. They can take a video or photos of the property. Uh, They should notate the brand, uh, serial numbers, dates of purchase, and the estimated purchase price. And a detailed list of their belongings will not only help them to determine whether or not they have adequate insurance coverage, but it will also serve as a convenient record and make filing a claim much easier. Another step that uh, consumers should take is they should also make sure that they uh, determine the amount of their hurricane deductible. 
Most consumers don't know the amount of their hurricane deductible. And oftentimes it's generally either 2%, 5% or 10% of the amount of insurance covering their dwelling. And oftentimes it can be thousands of dollars. And so consumers should review their policy to determine what their hurricane deductible is so that they're not surprised or caught off guard if they do in fact need to file a claim. Another interesting step that is often overlooked is flood insurance. Most homeowners policies do not cover flood damage and consumers mistakenly believe that flood insurance is only necessary if they live in a designated flood zone. Consumers should consider purchasing flood insurance to protect their home and their personal property in the event that their home is flooded. According to FEMA, just one inch of water can cause up to $25,000 worth of damage. And so it's very important to consider purchasing flood insurance because anywhere it rains, it can flood. And then lastly, I always advise consumers to complete your homework now. Conduct your research to identify uh, licensed contractors, obtain referrals from trusted family and friends, and verify that those contractors are licensed and they have the proper insurance coverage. And then add those contacts into your cell phone so that you readily have that information available if you do need to uh, reach out to a contractor if you experience damage to your property. Well, listeners, I think you may need to skip back a few minutes and re-listen to all of that because there is a goldmine of good advice and tips in what she just said. And I absolutely agree because I think so many times we're focused on things like making sure we have enough water or batteries and flashlights. And yes, well, those are all very important things. I, for example, had no idea that one inch of water can cause up to $25,000 of damage. So I think having your insurance policies up to date, making sure you understand what they cover, what they don't, don't cover, and taking those steps to make sure that you're prepared and just beyond the physical ways is so vitally important. So thank you so much for sharing those tips. I think that's really going to help a lot of people. Sadly, one of the things that comes with hurricane season is uh, people taking advantage of others through things like scams and things like that. What are some of the common scams that follow the aftermath of a disaster and how can Floridians best protect themselves from becoming a victim to them? Well, Jordan, you, you really uh, hit on a um, great issue. Uh, following a storm, regrettably, frauds and scams are more prevalent, and uh, Floridians should definitely be on alert for scammers. The typical fraud and scams that we see in the aftermath of a disaster is unethical contractors and other scammers who may commit insurance fraud, uh, and they're re-victimizing Floridians whose homes or businesses have been damaged already. And so these contractors may not be licensed. Uh, they may charge exorbitant fees for their services. They may use subpar materials. Um, some of them even require a large deposit prior to even starting the work. Um, and they may require homeowners to sign an assignment of benefits. And so I would definitely caution uh, Floridians to be aware of anyone that is offering to help after a storm who wants cash only or a large payment up front. And you definitely want to make sure that you ask to see their identification and their professional license of anyone who comes to your house offering to help with repairs. All legitimate contractors are required to uh, have insurance, and so consumers should ask for proof of liability and workers' compensation coverage, and then verify it by calling the Florida Department of Financial Services. Um, consumers should also verify that a contractor is properly licensed, and they can do that as well by contacting the Florida Department of Business and Professional Regulation. And if they do 
happen to come across or determine that uh, a contractor is not licensed, then I encourage them to definitely report unlicensed contractors to the Florida Department of Professional Regulation as well. Consumers should also be aware of anyone requesting that they sign an assignment of benefits. An assignment of benefits is a unique legal tool that essentially gives a third party the authority to file a claim, make repair decisions, collect insurance payments, and even file a lawsuit against the insurance company, all without the involvement of the homeowner. And so as you can see, an AOB can be pretty powerful. And when it's misused, it can really present some harmful consequences for the homeowner. And so just a couple of tips as it relates to AOBs. One, a homeowner is not required to sign an AOB in order to have their property repaired or have their insurance claim processed. And then secondly, make sure that you read all documents thoroughly to ensure that you understand them before signing anything. You don't want to allow someone to rush you into making a quick decision when you are vulnerable. So you want to take the necessary time to review all of the documents and make sure that you're making an informed decision. And then the last scam that is typically prevalent, specifically in the aftermath of a disaster, is individuals that may be impersonating individuals from FEMA or other state and local government representatives. A lot of times these fraudsters pretend to be affiliated with the government when they are not. And so you want to make sure that um, if they are official personnel, they should display their identification badges and they should provide that identification without hesitation when you ask them for it. And if you do see them in the area, they should be performing you know, specific official functions such as surveying damage, providing assistance to residents, you know, and other uh, tasks um, that are very similar. And it's also important to remember that individuals who are official representatives of government and local organizations will not ask you to pay cash for any services that they provide, and they should not be requesting your personal or financial information, um, such as your social security number or your bank or credit account information. And again, these are some really, really good tips for listeners all over. And I think something that's important to remember is that in the aftermath of a hurricane, it can be so easy to get caught up in the the hecticness of everything and feel like, you know, you have an opportunity to kind of get back on your feet. And that's the vulnerability that people take advantage of. So I think uh, people really need to go learn more about plan, prepare and protect. I think it's such an important initiative. Where can people go online to learn more about this program and how it can help them? So they can go to uh, my website and the web address is www.myfloridacfo.com backward slash division backward slash ICA. And they would be able to find all of the information related to plan, prepare, protect. Are you disaster ready? Fantastic. Well, we will absolutely have to check that out. We spent a good amount of time talking about hurricane preparedness. I want to transition a little bit into some different parts of your career history. Uh, Before becoming Florida's insurance consumer advocate in 2019, you were the director of the Division of Consumer Services for the Florida Department of Financial Services. Tell me about your time at DFS and transition into your role as Florida's insurance consumer advocate. What was that like? So uh, for me, it was really a very smooth transition, Jordan, because with the nine years that I spent in the Division of Consumer Services, it really gave me a great foundation uh, to serve as Florida's insurance consumer advocate. Um, As I shared in that role, I was able to directly assist 
and um, advocate and uh, work on behalf of insurance consumers that were experiencing uh, insurance issues across the state. I also had an opportunity to engage with many of the insurance companies um, that uh, represent um, policyholders in our state as well. And I had the opportunity to be able to also become a lot more familiar with uh, the homeowners insurance laws here in our state and um, identify ways that those laws protect insurance consumers as well. And so the experience in the Division of Consumer Services was invaluable to me as it related to my transition to uh, the new role that I'm currently in. And I tell you, I had an opportunity to build relationships uh, while I was there. Um, I had an opportunity to be able to coordinate and uh, collaborate with insurance industry stakeholders uh, from the insurance agents to public adjusters to the uh, attorneys that were representing consumers. And then also I had an opportunity to be able to uh, delve in different aspects of the insurance claims process as well. Um, in that role, I also managed and oversaw the insurance claims mediation program. Um, and that's a, a program that is available to uh, policyholders who want to attempt to resolve a claim dispute uh, with their insurance company um, without having to commence litigation. And so I had an opportunity to be able to be closely uh, involved in that process and uh, assist consumers, um, you know, in that area as well. So I, I can't state enough how my time at uh, the Division of Consumer Services really helped to propel me to uh, the position of insurance consumer advocate and, and really provided me with the foundation that I need to be successful in this role. And as you explained, you really have spent your entire life and career serving, working and advocating on behalf of Floridians all over the state. So thank you so much for working so hard to keep Florida wonderful and make it even better. And since your appointment back in August of 2019 to the Florida Insurance Consumer Advocate position, you have achieved so many accomplishments and uh, wonderful things on behalf of the state related to key insurance issues and consumer advocacy. Which of these accomplishments stick out to you the most and why? I'm sure you have so many to pick from, but looking back on your time that you spent in this position so far, which of them are the most memorable? Well, Jordan, it, it feels like my first year has flown by. And as I reflect on it, there are two accomplishments that, that I am most proud of. My appointment occurred nearly one year after Hurricane Michael devastated the panhandle. And so my first priority was focused on determining uh, why thousands of Hurricane Michael claims were still open. And so I immediately uh, focused my efforts on communicating with insurance companies to determine why these claims were still open and taking some actionable steps to try to help bring the claims to resolution. And so uh, shortly after my appointment, I partnered with CFO Jimmy Patronis and the Department of Financial Services to host an insurance village in Panama City. And um, that allowed me to bring together the policyholders and the insurance company representatives face-to-face -to, -face to be able to discuss their open claims and, and attempt to get closer to a resolution. And so I am proud to say that at that event, more than 400 consumers received nearly $2.5 million in insurance payments. And so that event worked wonders to be able to get those policyholders the assistance that they needed and to allow them to be able to speak face to face with their insurance company representatives and be able to move their claim forward. And so I'm very proud of that accomplishment. Um, and since then, I've also worked collaboratively with the insurance companies to try to address um, and implement improvements 
so that we can make changes to their claims handling processes and their lack of communication that resulted in some of the claim handling delays that were experienced in the aftermath of Hurricane Michael. And then the second accomplishment, if I may, Jordan, um, that I am most proud of is increasing the profile and visibility of my office and my role. Um, I often describe Florida's insurance consumer advocate as one of the state's well-kept secrets because most consumers are not aware that my role exists and are not aware of how I am available to advocate on their behalf and to represent their interest. And so I've been really committed in my first year to making sure that consumers across the state know that I am here and that I am available to assist them. And I've accomplished that through a variety of uh, steps. Um, I rebranded our website um, and added additional information there to make sure that in consumers are educated and informed. Um, I've also launched social media uh, accounts on multiple social media platforms to engage and communicate directly with consumers. I've also created a consumer alert notification system that uh, consumers can uh, sign up for to receive alerts and information directly from my office. And I've also um, spoken uh, at various conferences um, and in other public forums and also before the legislature in an effort to um, share an overview of my role, my responsibilities, and how I am here to help insurance consumers. So those are some of the two accomplishments that kind of stand out to me um, after my first year, and I'm very proud of those. And I definitely do think that both of those accomplishments will continue to help propel me towards um, successes in the coming years. As I sit here and listen to everything that you've accomplished over the past year in your role, I, I don't know when you find the time to sleep because there's <laughs> been so much that you've done and so much that you've accomplished in just one year. So we're wishing you nothing but the best as you continue in your role and know that you're going to accomplish so much. And we were so glad to have you on this episode of the FSLSO Palmcast to teach people more about what you and your office does and what all they've accomplished and also that you're such a valuable resource to them as an advocate and having so much information for them relating to programs like Plan, Prepare, and Protect. And would you mind sharing that website name one more time just in case uh, our listeners have uh, forgotten it? Absolutely. It's www.myfloridacfo.com backward slash division backward slash ICA. Well, Tasha, thank you so much for coming on this episode of the FSLSO Palmcast. We have so enjoyed speaking with you. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners before we wrap up? Absolutely, Jordan. Thank you once again for having me today and for uh, allowing me to share an overview of my role and, and the important work that I'm doing on behalf of Florida's insurance consumers. I would just like to take just a few more moments to recap some of the most important things that we should be doing uh, while we're in the midst of hurricane season. Um, make sure that you are reviewing your homeowner's insurance policy, that you understand your coverage, and that you make changes to your insurance policy uh, as soon as possible. You also want to conduct a home inventory so that you have the list of items and your personal belongings um, available in the event that you need to file a claim with your insurance company. You want to make sure that you thoroughly vet any contractors prior to signing a contract. And because we're in the midst of, of the COVID-19 pandemic, include COVID-related precautions in your disaster preparedness plans. And so my Plan, Prepare, Protect initiative offers many more tips and guidance on how to prepare. And I encourage Floridians to visit my website to ensure they are prepared to weather the storm. Thank you. 
Yes, I can't emphasize enough. Go check out Plan Prepare Protect. It sounds like an absolutely fantastic initiative that can benefit Floridians all over the state. And you mentioned that your office now has some social media handles and platforms. Where can we find you on social media? So on Twitter, it's at your FL Voice. And on Facebook, it's Florida's Insurance Consumer Advocate. Okay, great. Well, everyone, go check out those social media platforms. Go find them for more information. Follow them to stay up to date. And again, Tasha, I want to thank you so much for your time. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. And uh, thank you so much for fighting and advocating on behalf of Floridians everywhere. We wish you the best in your future endeavors. Thank you, Jordan. And thank you to our listeners again for tuning in to this episode of the FSLSO Palmcast. We hope that you've enjoyed it and learned a lot. You can also find us on social media on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And be sure to check us out on wherever you listen to podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you like to listen. Thank you so much, and we will speak with you soon.